The Lord is good, is he not? Amen, and all the time. Uh, I want to continue the, the, the focus on we are the church. And I want to talk to you about something that's exceedingly important in our lives. I, I have discovered that I like tools. Discovered that when I was young. I like tools. I have tools. I don't even know what they're for. But they looked real cool, and I bought them. But have you ever noticed that some of the tools that you have in your toolbox, you only use for one specific thing? There are some tools that you may, you may have one project, and you'll use it for that one project. You may not use it again for another 10 years. And then there are some tools that you use for pretty much everything. And, and, and I want to talk to you about one of those tools. One, one of my favorite tools is, is, uh, is a painter's uh, putty knife. It's a five-in-one. And, and you can use it. You can use it to put putty on the wall. You can use it to scrape paint off the walls. You can use it to, to separate baseboard from the wall. You can use it as a screwdriver. You can use it, turn it around, and use it as a hammer. I have done all of those things with that one tool. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And you say, well, it wasn't designed for that. Well, duct tape wasn't designed for a lot of stuff either, but I've seen duct tape act as windows uh, and a variety of different things. So it's amazing that there is this one tool that you can use for a variety of different things. And it's the same in the, in the, in the Christian life. There are some things that we, that we do that uh, but when they come our way, we, we use them, but we don't use them every day. But there's one tool in our spiritual toolbox that is designed to be used not just every day, but for everything. In the book of James, chapter 1, James is speaking and he's talking to his, his audience, those he's writing to, and he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, have you ever lacked wisdom? He said, let him ask of God. What, he, what was he saying? He said, if you lack wisdom, you need to pray. I want to talk to you today about prayer. About prayer. Prayer is the primary work of the, of the church. We have told ourselves prayer is often overlooked. Prayer is often underused. It is that tool that, that sometimes we look at and we don't take it out of our spiritual toolbox and use it enough. We're told to pray about everything. Jesus told us in Luke 18, 1, he said, I want you to pray about everything. And then he goes into this great discourse about, about a woman that, that keeps going to a judge that doesn't regard God and doesn't regard man. He doesn't regard anybody but himself. He just doesn't care. He's going to render a verdict because he wants to render the verdict. And, and, the, and Jesus said this woman kept coming to him day and night over and over and over. Every time he went to the uh, gas station, she was there. He said, hey, you've got to help me. Every time he was in Publix, 
Yeah, Publix used to be back in old Jerusalem. Yeah. And, and, Jesus, and Jesus said she was there. Everywhere he went, she was there saying, you have to help me. You have to help me. It doesn't say whether she was right. It doesn't say whether she was wrong. It was just that she was consistent in what she was doing. And Jesus said, the judge said, she's driving me crazy. Because she's driving me crazy, I'm going to answer her request just so she'll leave me alone. Isn't that amazing? And Jesus said, listen to what he was saying. He didn't care for her. He just wanted the, her consistency to, to go away. He didn't want to hear her voice again. And Jesus said, how much more Will your heavenly Father answer your prayers? See, sometimes we're told, oh, God hears our prayers, so only have to pray once and forget it. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, you need to push. You need to pray until something happens. You need to keep on praying. You keep, keep going to God. Keep, he hears you. But it's frustrating sometimes in our lives when, when we go to God and we don't get an answer we want and we, don't, and we keep pushing and, it, and it's still not there. But Jesus said, don't give up. Don't lose heart. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep seeking my, my, my face. Keep, under, keep your focus on me and I will deliver. If prayer is anything to us, it should be everything to us. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says, Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. How do you do that? I've had a lot of people ask me, how do you pray all the time? And it's really a habit that you get into. If prayer is communicating with God, and there are a variety of different types of prayers and ways to pray there are prayers where you're just talking there's prayers when you're interceding and your heart is broken and you're just grieving there are a variety of different prayers because there's a lot of different conversations that you will have with God Think about your family, your, your loved ones, your spouse, your children. You can look back in your own life and you understand that there were times that you had conversations of joy. There were conversations of deep thought. There were uh, conversations of, uh, of mourning. There were a variety and there is a variety of conversations you have. And it's the same thing with God. But you pray all the time. When you're driving down the road, you can talk with God. When, when you're talking to somebody and somebody's sharing with you, you can sit there and say, Lord, give me wisdom and insight. Let my ears hear what I need to hear. You can all, all times at all places communicate with God. And that's what, that's what he was trying to say in 1 Thessalonians is go to God with everything. Live your life as a life in communion with God. Prayer. James instructs us in the power of prayer. And in James 5, he's wrapping up his, his, uh, his letter, his discourse on on connecting with God and on prayer. And in James 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 13, I want to read that. 
he's, he's wrapping it up and he says, Is anyone among you in trouble? You ever been in trouble? It doesn't say what kind of trouble. So when you look at it and you look at the passage of Scripture and you look at the original writing, he's saying any type of trouble. Trouble that has come your way or trouble that you've created. I have found that most of my trouble is stuff that I've created. And, and he says, if you are in trouble, what kind of trouble? Well, what about financial trouble? What about, about a spiritual trouble? What about physical trouble? What, it could be relational. It could be anything. He doesn't say it has to be one thing. It is if you are in trouble. What a great question. How many of us today, and this is a rhetorical question, that means I, you don't answer it. How many today are in trouble in some area of their life? How many uh, have, have an issue in their life that you need an answer for? How many ha have messed up and think, God, uh, I, I made some bad decisions and, and I need you to direct my life? If you are in trouble, the scripture says, let them pray. And it's really interesting, this, this, if you are in trouble. It's simply, the thought is, if you are actively trying to do something about the situation you find yourself in, you need to pray. It's active, it's not passive, it's engaging. If you're engaging the situation that you find yourself in, you need to pray. There are times where, where we want to ignore the situation we're in and we just say, well, we'll pray about it and let it go. And that's not what James is saying. He says, when you find yourself in trouble, when you recognize the trouble, whether it is self-inflicted or not, whether it's internal or external, when you engage that trouble, then you need to, first of all, pray. You need to seek God. David had self-inflicted problems. David had been anointed king. David had served under Saul. David had, had slain a lion and a bear and, and slew Goliath. And then Saul was envious of the blessing upon David he knew that David was going to be the heir apparent for the next king and he wanted his family to rule and reign in Israel so he began to seek David's life fighting against the will of God and and David struggled with that David constantly had to run and there was a point in his life he said what is the use and he went and started joining with the enemy to a point where he was actually going to fight against the armies of Israel. Sometimes we can get so frustrated and get so tired and so disillusioned that we will make some stupid decisions 
that are really fighting against the will of God. And here's David, and he was, and he was going to, to go against them, and, and, and then the Philistines, those that he was with, said, you know what, I don't trust him. In the middle of battle, he's going to turn on us. So they sent David and his men back, and when David and his men went back, they to a place called Ziklag where they were staying they found that their that their wives their children and all of their belongings had been taken away and they were distraught and there's something amazing that happened this is a self-inflicted wound of David and David the Bible says that David asked for an ephod it was the garment on which you praised and in which you worshiped God and, and he began to pray and ask God should I go after them what should I do and God gave him the answer if you're in a situation that you're struggling with you need to be encouraged God will give you the answer he may not give you everything that you're wanting, but he can give you the answer. I, I don't know if, if you've ever read the book, Where the Red Fern Grows. Just an amazing book. Uh, and and there, it's taken during the Depression, during the Ozarks, and, and there's a young boy that keeps wanting these two hunting dogs, these two red bone hunting dogs, and, 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 and his grandfather owns a little grocery store out in the country, and and he goes to his grandfather and says, Grandpa, I don't know. I just don't know why God's not answering my prayer. And he said, well, well, are you doing your part? He said, well, I'm, I'm praying. He said, but what do you mean? He said, well, if, if you do your part, God will do his. You're praying that God will, will give you the money so you can buy these. But if you start looking around, perhaps you can find that God will open the door and give you jobs that you can do and work and earn that money. See, sometimes we just want God to drop it in our laps, and I'm guilty of that as much as anybody else. And sometimes God's just wanting us to say, hey, should I go after this or not? And when God says go after it, then you step out on faith. And when you step out on faith, that's when God begins to open doors. We've got to pray. If anybody is in trouble, then you need to pray. I love it. Is anyone happy? Are you happy? happiness it's active it simply means if you are engaged in being happy joyful if you are experiencing times in your life right now that you truly just enjoy life don't you love those times i love being around my grandchildren i love when they go home i it, it's it's an amazing thing and you miss them the whole time they're gone. Are you happy? The Bible says you need to pray. What kind of prayer? You sing songs of praise. You begin to magnify him. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I, I, I thank you for what I'm going through. What, and, and all the, different, um, the times that, that you have blessed me. And the truth is there are some times in our lives that it's just more difficult to feel happy, to, sing, to give praise. Remember, 
Paul and Silas in jail. They're doing the will of God. God has spoken to them in a dream and a vision to go, and, and, and they went. And, and, you know, and if God speaks to you and says you need to go, it's going to be like, whoo, this is great. This is the will of God. I know it. I heard his voice. And then you get there, and everything falls apart, and you're wondering, okay, did God trick me? Does he hate me? What's going on? Because they were trying to do the will of God, and they find themselves beaten and thrown into prison. I wonder sometimes what, what was happening in their minds and in that conversation in that little jail cell that they were in. I wonder if they started talking to one another and, and they said, you know, it's so, such a blessing just to be able to serve the Lord. We were lost and without hope. See, because it doesn't matter if you're a child of God, it doesn't matter what you're experiencing or what you're facing if you take time to really look at it you will understand that there's always something in your life to praise God about there's always something that you can lift up your voice of praise and give him thanks and it's when Paul and Silas said you know what things are bad but they could be worse you know, we're right in the middle of God's will. We heard his voice, and we're doing exactly what he said. We must be in the center of his will, and sometimes the center of his will just doesn't seem so joyful. But is there a better place to be than doing and being and experiencing what God has designed for you? See, joy is, is more than just euphoria. It's an understanding. It's a contentment on the inside. Even Job, in his worst times, said, I know that in this body I shall see God. doesn't matter what we're facing. Sing songs of praise to him. It's amazing when, when we begin to sing praises to him, when we begin to worship him, when we get, begin to exalt his name. That's when our circumstances change. That's when the light rays come in through those darkened windows. And we're able to see the glory of God. don't know what you're going through today, but I would encourage you to give him praise. Bible says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice sometimes. No, it says rejoice always. Always rejoice. Always be rejoicing. You say, well, that is so wrong because there are times when your heart is broken. But you have to look at the the, the word rejoice and rejoicing is not a state of euphoria. It's an understanding that no matter what I'm experiencing, there is a God that loves me. There's a God that cares for me. There's a God that will provide for me. There's a God that's going to deliver me. There's a God that's going to heal me. There's a God that's going to set me free. There is a God and he is my salvation. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
Psalm 32, 11 says, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous, seeing all you who are upright in heart. It's important. It's important that we rejoice in the Lord, that we understand that whatever we're experiencing, there are things that we can rejoice. And it's when you're in trouble, when you're, whether it's inflicted or somebody's trying to inflict it upon you, when you're actually engaging in that, you go to God in prayer. And when, you, and when you're experiencing uh, happiness, you, you praise the Lord. Paul, uh, James goes on to say, is anyone among you sick? The third thing that he talks about is, is sickness. If you're sick, you who are sick, plural. He's not saying one person. He said anybody, anybody that's sick, you need to call or summon or request or ask the elders of the church to come in. Basically what he is saying in this passage of scripture it says if any one of you are sick let them call for the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord what he's saying is if you are ill and you can't make it to where the elders are get the elders to come to you and you say well what is an elder well an elder uh, is an overseer in the scripture it's a bishop in the in the in the scripture it, it is a a, a, a person that is over the spiritual well-being of God's people. It has morphed into our modern generation. We'd call them pastors, and, and we have elders as well. It, it's those that take spiritual oversight over God's people to love them, to secure them their, their relationship with God. It is people that care. people that are called and people that will serve willingly I can tell you what something what an elder is not you ready for this I can see it in your mind you, you already know everything about elders you think I got it elders are men elders all that no I'm, I'm not going to talk about that here's, here's what I'm something that an elder is not are you ready an elder is not a mind reader cannot tell you how many times I've had people upset with me because when they were sick I didn't come visit them though no one in the in the church knew they were sick and it's like somehow the Lord is supposed to speak to the elders and say there's somebody that's ill you need to go that's not what the scripture says the scripture says if you're sick get the elders call them go get them it's your job to call them and let them know hey I'm sick it's the elders job to say I'll be right there if you do your job the elders can do their job and if the elders don't do their job shame on the elders but you got to give them a fair shake you got to give them a chance can't read the minds it's your responsibility to ask. It's their responsibility to go. And he says, I want you to pray over them and anoint them with oil over them. I, I, I find that, that it's an interesting phrase. Pray over them. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's plural. 
What he's saying is, I want all the elders to pray. Uh, you can pray at once. You, you can pray at, uh, let one person pray and another person pray. But what he's saying is, get a multitude of prayers. Have you ever been in a prayer service where one person starts praying and it's kind of dry and boring? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. And then the second person prays and they're kind of, uh, and then somebody starts praying and the spirit hits them. And all of a sudden, the prayers change. You know what I'm talking about? When the presence of God comes in. See, uh, I, I have been one of those that have given boring prayers. And I have been one of those that after you're listening and praying, the Spirit starts moving and, and you start praying. And, and as you start to pray, the Spirit hits you. And it just moves you. And, and as you begin to move, you can feel the release of, of, of the presence of God in the room. And people begin praying. And that's what James is trying to convey here. It's, it's when a group of people of elders get together and they're praying over that person one can pray two can pray but it's the multitude of prayers that begin to build upon one another and the presence of God comes in and faith begins to rise it is prayer it's not one prayer it's not two prayers it's you pray until something happens you pray over them more elders, more prayers. And you anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. I like that. You anoint them with oil. Now, there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, talk about that, a lot of discussion about what does that mean to anoint them with oil. And, and those that do not believe in the healing that the Lord heals today will tell you, well, what it really was saying is that the, Lord, that the elders were coming and, and, and they were going to anoint them as... You know, as the good Samaritan did, the, the person that was hurt and anoint them with oil, and it was like a healing. And, and, and occasionally they did that, but oil was for anointing. And what the oil represents is the Spirit of God. And what you're saying is when you anoint them with oil, you're saying, God, I know it's not my power, but it's by the very presence of the living God. It's the Spirit of God that's going to raise this person up. You anoint them in the name or in the authority of the Lord, in the authority of Christ. That's why Scripture tells us to do all things in the name of Christ because you're doing it in his authority why do we do it in his authority because he has all power is given unto me both in heaven and earth that's what Jesus said and now then he said go and do the same thing that's the part that gets us in trouble we don't think we can or we don't think he will even though he said I will speaks to having faith in Christ the anointing is, is, is symbolic of the spirit of God and, and our need and dependency on him and this is what happens when it should happen when, when we pray let's go on to the next slide it says and the prayer offered in faith might make the sick person well 
and the Lord could raise them up. That's not the translation, is it? We'll make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. The prayer offered in faith. The prayer offered in faith. The prayer, plural, offered in faith. You say, well, well, I know that there's a spiritual gift of, of healing, yes, but there's not always a person with a spiritual gift of healing. Besides, the spiritual gifts are not relegated to at our whim and beck and call. If it was, and if, you, if there were true faith healers, I would say, go to the hospital and clean it out. Amen? So if you're going to say you're a faith healer, go do it. But, Scripture says, the prayer offered in faith, in our own ability, or in the authority of Christ. We're anointing with oil. We're saying, Lord, we understand that this is symbolic of, of the very presence of God. And it's the presence of God that brings healing. It's the presence of God that restores. It's the presence of God. It's the Spirit of God. And it's our faith in you. Because you said we can do this and we're doing it and we trust in you. You say, well, how come we pray and we see people that aren't healed? It's a great question, isn't it? I can tell you it's not God. I always hear great stories around the world of, in third world countries of people being prayed and people being healed and people being delivered and all of that stuff. And there's just a hunger in my heart to see God do it here right now today I want to see God work I believe we need to pray and if it doesn't happen then we'll pray again and we'll pray again and we're going to pray again and we're going to pray again God's word, word is either true or it's not it's either all true or none of it's true. If there's something that's not true, then you can't believe any of it. But if you can believe all, some of it, you can believe all of it. And the scripture gives us opportunity for divine healing, for God to intercede. God can use doctors. God can use the natural process of the body healing. And God can also reach down and say, I'll take care of that when nobody else can. And I don't care how God does it. I just want God to do it. I want to see God's people experience the fullness of God. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. I'm going to ask our elders to come. Even have oil. I, I love this oil. I've told you this before, but if you look really close to there's a little bitty black dot in it. You have to look really close because it's really small. And the guy that gave this to me, an elderly pastor, 
He gave them to me and said, Pastor, I'm going to give these to you. And we prayed over them. He said, that little black dot in there is a mustard seed. And it's like, okay. I can see it barely. Sometimes I have to get my glasses. And, and he said, the scripture says, if you have the faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Faith in ourselves or faith in God? You say, well, what about God's will? We're praying, we're going to pray God's will. Here's something I have found out about praying for people, especially praying for those that are sick. When you're praying for them, the Lord will either say, yes, I'm going to heal them. No, I'm not going to heal them. And until you hear from the Lord, you keep praying that he's going to heal them. And when you do, amazing things happen. This is a, a curiosity. How many in here has the Lord miraculously healed at some point in their life? The Lord still heals today. Amen. I want you to stand with me. And as they begin to play and sing, if you want... If you're troubled, if you ex are experiencing trouble, I want you to come talk to God. If you are experiencing joy and happiness, I want you to be able to come and just worship and just praise Him. Because we're, we're people from different walks of life and different, and different uh, avenues of life, and we're experiencing different things in life at different times. But we're all on the same journey to heaven. If you're here today and you're experiencing trouble, talk to God. If you're experiencing joy, praise Him. And if you're experiencing illness, sickness, the elders are here. And we would like to pray with you. Anoint you in the name of the Lord and allow God to bring the healing. today and you want healing I want you to come here if you want to just to have a time where you want to talk to God come over here if you want to praise come over here so praise is over here if you're in trouble and you need to talk to God over here and if you need healing I want you to come right here this is open